And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dough with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Uh, scary days ahead of us. Um, we're not talking about Halloween. We're talking about Carolina football. Um, but, hey, I'm excited to be in the lab with my guy, Sleep Dog. Got a great podcast for you. I'm looking forward to it. Boy, defense, more like the Red Sea fence. I mean, holy shit, guys. Uh, probably gonna, probably about time to start worrying about Campbell. Uh, we'll get into the the uh, loss against Georgia Tech. We're coming to you a day late because we needed a day to, you know, we just needed a day. We need to get our shit together. We need to figure out what's going on here. Uh, we're going to try to do that with you guys here in the next uh, you know, few minutes. We'll get into the UNC basketball game. Hey, a little bright side here. Yes, it was an exhibition. Yes, it was against St. Aug, which is right across the street from my house. Uh, but yes, it was an absolute blowout. Uh, speaking of right across the street from my house, I might walk over there and try out for those guys. Uh, big win for the Heels. Um, you know, one that we'll take. I should just say big win. Big win. Big margin. Uh, there, you can, if we start calling that one a big win, we're uh, we're in dire straits. So yeah, NFL, a lot of lot of topsy turvy stuff going on there. We'll cover some of that. Um, NBA in season tournament. We're going to explain how that shit works, and uh, or at least we're going to try to. It might get a little Halloween Halloween banter. So look, let's start with the obvious place, Big Hawk. Uh, UNC. Loses at Georgia Tech. Now lost two in a row. We are now into oblivion. Out of the top twenty-five, won't be back in it no matter what happens. As soon as I said not, you know, hey, which game we worried about? Worried about? I don't understand how it's always Virginia and it's always Georgia Tech winds up doing this. Georgia Tech, a couple stats here: six hundred thirty-five yards of total offense. Okay, their quarterback, whom I don't think anyone in America had ever heard of. Looked like Joe Montaigne out there. 20 of 30, 23 of 30, 287 yards, four touchdowns. That's 12 yards every time he threw completion. They're running back. Also, not sure many people heard of this guy. 22 carries, 178 yards, eight yards a carry, dude. You hand this dude the rock, damn near getting a first down. You know, I mean, we scored, or we had 577 yards of offense, scored 42 points, and lost. Gave up 24 in the second quarter, gave up 22 in the fourth quarter, lost 46-42 at Georgia Tech to a team that lost to Bowling Green at home. It's over for the heels. At least it's ripped the Band-Aid off, right? But, like, how? What happened, dude? I mean, how do we How do we even make sense of this? Sleep. You said it all right there. Uh, you know, actually, we jumped out to a pretty good lead, and I thought it was, was going to be cruise control for us, but – I thought you we know, were going to demolish him. I was yeah. like, this is great. We're back on track. Uh-huh. But uh, Georgia Tech's just one of those teams where we always just, you know, like you said, Virginia, Georgia Tech, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's not the sexiest team, but also they sneak up on a lot of people. Um, and it seems like they always get us. I don't know what it is. Sleep. I wish I knew football better, uh, but I will tell you this. you got to have the killer mentality. Uh, early leads don't last, and that's uh, – that's a Frank Vogel saying that we used to have when I was with Indiana. Uh, teams are too good now um, to just, you know, you jump out to a, a big lead, you better sustain it, and you better put the uh, clamps down. But obviously we didn't have that. We didn't have the killer mindset, and it was a hangover effect, in my opinion, from the Virginia game. Uh, but we'll see. You know, we got Campbell, which 
we should just destroy them. Uh, so, and maybe we'll get back on path. Yeah, I mean, you got Campbell at home, Nooner. You got Duke, who also lost. They got they got shellacked by uh, was it Louisville? So they're out in the top twenty five. So that game's destined to be a noon kick. Then you're going down to Clemson, just lost to State. And then you got state on you know last game of the year. I you know it's just it's hard, right? As as a Carolina football fan, you kind of like shame on you, shame on me, shame on us for not seeing this coming. Um, you know it's it's a hard pill to swallow because you kind of start going back and looking at where we've been in the last three or four seasons, you know, and we just cannot seem to, you know get over the hump when we're it's weird because like we win the games we're supposed to win or maybe not sorry maybe not supposed to win and you lose these um i mean defensively is really just a quagmire man i don't understand it's like watching two different teams you watch this team earlier in the year first six games really i mean until we we talked about this last pod till the sort of very end of the miami game where you started to think like ah maybe they just took the foot off the gas you know, they were in control. They were in control of the whole season <laughs> until 10 minutes to go in that game. And since that point, it's just been a disaster. So, yeah, like you said, we try to get back on track on Campbell. And at this point, I don't know, level set your expectations, guys. We're just looking for uh, um, something that's not the damn mayonnaise bowl again. I think I feel like we've been there seven years in a row. Uh, I, you know, and I think if you come back to it, we have to is like if you're a Carolina fan, the, the way you find peace in this, I think, is just think about what's still attainable. And if you had been given that option before the season started, would you take it? Would I? So in other words, like, you know, we go, what, I, I don't even know what the hell, but we got four games left and we're six and two. So what happens if we go 10 and two? Yeah. It's a pretty I, good I year, think, but damn, that's a great loss with Sting. Yeah. Yeah. But sleep here here's my thing um is I know a lot of people are already placing blame on Mac. I, I think Mac's done actually a really good job. I think he's really turned the program around and I think he's got great energy. I think the thing is people are just frustrated because they get so excited when we get yeah. off to these uh unexpected starts like we got to this year. And you know, I get, we got to keep in mind that we we have Drake May, one of the best yeah. quarterbacks in in college football, um, and we have some pretty good receivers, Taz Walker, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't think of the other kid. But you know, they're still going to be exciting to watch, and mm-hmm. there's still a lot of football to be played. A lot of things can happen. Uh, so just you know, let's, let's not jump the ship right now. Let's maintain positivity, move forward. Uh, we've, I mean, we've got an absolute layup next week. Try to get our confidence up, and then roll on into Duke and see what happens. Yeah, and that's the hard part here, right? You're criticizing these guys, especially from where we sit, dude. Um, you know, this is one thing that you can relate to me on Big Hog is like, uh, I don't think either one of us has a whole lot of experience on a gridiron, right? So, um, you know, criticism from the sidelines, you know, from the, the cheap seats, from wherever you want to call it. Like, I get it, man. Like, I I don't know what to do different. Uh, it's, it's just a bummer as a fan. You bring a really good point, right? I think that's where all this comes from is that you get a taste of it, right? You get so excited. You start to think to yourself like, man, this could actually, and then no more can you really even get that sentence out of your mouth than you get, <laughs> just get slapped across the face with it, dude, and just realize like, nope, because I really don't think we're that. And, and, and that's the other piece. Like you back out and look at some of these other schools that have lost games to lesser opponents 
out of nowhere, right? It feels, it stings for us because, like, oh, well, this is who we are. Okay, fair. I mean, even Mac Brown said it. And that's the thing is like before the Virginia game, he even said this. Hey, paraphrasing a little bit here, but we have a reputation, right? And, and, and can't really get that monkey off of our back. But at the end of the day, I mean, like this happens, man. This is college football. So it's hard to win. It's hard to win every game with, and, and this is the other piece. It's hard to win in Alabama and at Georgia and at LSU and at wherever, you name it, right? Michigan. <laughs> well, Michigan, I think you might have figured out the formula. Maybe we should try stealing signs. But, you know, these guys have the best players and it's hard to win. And I think we have, like you said, I still think Drake May is best quarterback, most, most NFL-ready guy. You're not going to change my mind about that. Um, I think we've got the best, maybe the best running back in the country. I think we may maybe have a top 10 receiver. I mean, we haven't had a chance, unfortunately, to see enough Tez. And, 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 you know, by the way, we neglected to, um, you know, send our well wishes. I know he was, he was hurt pretty bad. And I think based on everything, you know, I haven't read deeply into it, but I think he's doing better, doing okay. Hope so. Um, but like, we're not a powerhouse, man. You don't, you're not getting the top recruit. In every state, every season, right? So it's even harder for us to, you can say, okay, well, we don't plan it, fine, whatever. But that sort of, you know, we are expecting a level of consistency that I think is unrealistic, right? I mean, it's hard to stay up for some of these games. I mean, it's a bummer because you see what this team is capable of, right? You don't just lose these games and all of a sudden you're not a good team. Like you are a good team. That's why it's so disappointing. Um, but nonetheless, it's like you said. I mean, you got to you got to write the ship at some point, and you know, get things back on track. And you know, fortunately for us, we got a good opportunity to do that before we turn around and play a good team again, mm-hmm. and then turn around and play another good team, and then turn around and play a team that sure is playing a hell of a lot better. So, yeah, I think uh, that's all you can do. And you know, we can look back and you know, wish we could change something about it, but we can't. So I- I'm with you 100. percent Anybody that thinks Mac Brown is he's yeah is can just forget about it. Like we I mean, you got short term memory. I mean, Fedora was good one year. <clears throat> then everybody figured out that offense. And prior to that, we were great when we had Bush Davis and there was all kinds of litany of issues going on there. Prior to that, we weren't shit since Mac was here the first time. So look, man, as far as I'm concerned. Mac Brown's a coach till Mac Brown doesn't want to be a coach anymore. Anybody that thinks otherwise is just delirious in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and as far as you know, people are talking about oh, the Gene Chizik or this that. And I'm like, I do fine. I got no idea. I, I'm not, I don't have an informed opinion on what it takes to be successful and, and whether people are good, bad, or otherwise. All I know is we can score points with anybody, and we can't stop a tree stump. We couldn't stop a fence post, dude. <laughs> We couldn't stop anything. <laughs> I mean, good grief, dude. You name it. We can't stop it. The same basketball, you couldn't guard a wooden chair <laughs> yeah, or statue. I mean, well, we definitely yeah. couldn't guard a wooden chair. Statue of Liberty would rush for 100 yards on our defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I was trying to think the other day, like, what are some things that don't move? What can I come into the podcast with and be like, we couldn't stop X. What are some things that just do not move? And we couldn't stop. We couldn't stop an elementary school. Like the physical school. We couldn't stop 
you know, we couldn't stop the grass from growing if we had a lawnmower. <laughs> what do you think we couldn't stop? Uh, we couldn't stop nosebleed if our nose wasn't bleeding. Oh, man. Let's see here. Um, what couldn't we stop? Um, boy, sleep. I'm usually pretty good at these coming up with them on the fly. I, I couldn't. We're just as bad as pie. We'd have an off night. Just somebody that's rattle us, dude. I mean, it's just it's just bad. It's tough. Anyway, I mean, football, carry on, right? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Got, yeah, we got a few games left. Weather's wonderful. Just get out there and enjoy what we got left. UNC basketball, mm-hmm. all right? St. Aug, 117.53, all right? So here's my two cents on this. I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. This is one of those games where, like, I think Carolina's – Kind of the exact opposite of what we just talked about, right? We've kind of been like, hey, dude, we are a powerhouse in basketball, and we haven't acted like it last year, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one of those games where, you know, the fans, we're going to get, like, too excited about something like this, but here's how I feel about games like this. And, again, it's an exhibition. It's all these things. We did exactly what we're supposed to do. You score 117 points coming right out of the gate. Like, I mean, they were firing on all cylinders. Shot well from three, had transition points, had second chance points, shot well from the free throw line. I mean, like I think they had six or seven guys in double figures. Your stat sheet's going to look great. You score 117 points in college, right? It'll look pretty normal in the NBA. But that's my thing is like what I take away from this is if you're going to have this game, go out and do exactly this. Just do exactly what you're supposed to do. I don't, I don't, it doesn't tell me anything. Like it doesn't entice me anymore, but it checks a pretty good box for me that says, hey, all right, like mm-hmm. this is what you're supposed to do. Um, kind of like, you know, if we had gone out and beaten, you know, we're supposed to go out in this football game and beat Campbell 50 to 10 because we got an insane offense and, and a de- had a decent defense, right? That is the equivalent here is like you go out and just throttle. You do not want to win this game. By 16 points and you're up six at halftime. Then then people start coming in already hot. Oh, boy, here we go again. So that's what I took away from it, which is like, hey, we saw exactly what we wanted to see here. Yeah, and so first of all, 117 points. I mean, you could combine four, four games last year and we probably mm-hmm. didn't get 117. Yep. First of all, the pace of play is much faster, which I like to see. Kind yep. of what Carolina fans are used to, seeing the – you know, the guys running, and also they had 25 fast break points. St. Augustine had zero. That's pretty damn good. Hell yeah. Um, that That's old school Carolina, and it's good to see their pace of play is up. Uh, but RJ, RJ Davis had 22 points. Mm-hmm. And listen, I know it's St. Augustine, uh, but I've, I've believed in RJ, and I think he can be a really good player. And if he gets his confidence up and he gets, you know, if we get consistent big nights from him, I think we're going to be we're going to be in for a good year. Um, and obviously, you know, Armando, um, I don't think he needed to be Superman against St. Augustine clearly. And I think what I want to see from the exhibition games, I want to see these young guys and how some of these transfers are getting, are going to be incorporated, uh, into this team. And, 
you know, we saw Cormac Ryan, who I think is going to be good, transfer from Notre Dame, outside shooter. He had 10 points. He got hurt. We are a little banged up. Uh, Cormac didn't play. Uh, what's his face? Trimble didn't play, Seth Trimble. And then uh, Jalen Withers, I think, was out as well. Uh, so some of the guys are banged up, dealing with some injury issues. But it's good to see Cormac Ryan, who I believe could be a huge benefit to this team. And I like his attitude. I know he's in the gym a lot. He's an outside shooter. He's going to open up the floor for Armando. Uh, it's going to allow Armando to get much easier looks and to do his thing down low, which I'm all for. Uh, but also, we saw a little bit of Elliot Cadeau make some big highlight plays. He was dealing with a little bit of foul trouble. But I think Elliot could be one of those big-time players. And I think Elliot Cadeau, when I think of him, he could be like a a Cole Anthony, Kobe White type one and done. I think he has that type of talent. And he kind of, to me, he's kind of that type of mold. And uh, I think he's going to be really good for this team. And also, Zayden High, uh, the other freshman who came in, did his thing, first exhibition game. And you know, you could be dealing with some jitters. That's the first time you're playing in front of a crowd on the Smith Center. Uh, so, you know, nerves can play a little bit of factor, but um, it's good to see that those freshmen came in and also some transfers did some things. Harrison Ingram, it looks yep. like he's going to be very beneficial, smooth player. Yep. He's going to provide outside shooting, but also he's going to give us uh, a chance to go small uh, when we need to match up and also provide outside shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's going to open up the floor more and more. Uh, and, also, these guys, you know, last year we came on here and complained and we felt like we took more contested threes than any team in the country. That's what it felt like. Uh, but it looks like we have shooters and we're willing to share the ball and not have lackadaisical turnovers like what we like. We love the word lackadaisical <laughs> at SHWW. We'll use it any chance we can get. Uh, so they took care of the ball, but let's keep this in perspective. It is St. Augustine one game. Let's not do too much to it. Uh, but we do show some promise and we do show, uh, a lot of things that we didn't do last year. We didn't run. We didn't have this type of chemistry. So, uh, this gives us a little bit of optimism and enthusiasm coming into the year. Yeah. And like we talked about last year, there's a lot of questions about chemistry and it sure (laughs) seemed like it wasn't there, right? Like, the, the 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 narrative inside was that there were no issues and and fine I, you know I don't again I I have personally have no idea just didn't look like it on the court now chemistry as far as getting along and chemistry in, tar- in terms of like playing in harmony there's no arguing that that chemistry was not there and that's the one key takeaway I had in watching these guys is it was like dude these guys seem like they've been playing together since they were kids um, I thought Ingram was great. I thought he was the guy that really was my call out as like, all right, man, this guy um, is the type of player that I feel like we haven't had in several seasons. If what we saw then is, 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 you know, how we can expect him to perform consistently again, it's saying all it's a lesser opponent. I mean, I get all that sort of stuff, but you know, it just gives us a window into, I think you're right. Like we talked about this last pod, right? Less, less um, expectation, you know, the focus is elsewhere, even within the conference. You know, we're sort of like kind of, you know, flying under the radar here. And let us get out. First game's Monday against Radford. Go out and do it again. You know what I mean? And and, and get a couple wins under our belt, get some confidence. And then, of course, the next challenge is, all right, how are you going to handle being down on the road or, or whatever? You know, and, and um, there's, there's plenty of challenges ahead for this team and every other team. There's a ton of parity 
in college football, college basketball, college sports in general. So I'm just going to tell you right now, Carolina fans, um, if you think we're just going to waltz through the season because we beat St. Aug by a thousand, like, listen, man, shame on you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, th- I, I liked what I saw. Um, it's going to be exciting, uh, you know, to sort of get back. It's hard to believe it's here, but, uh, you know, first game's next Monday. And sleep, I want to say one other thing. Last year, we talked about this at the Final Four San Diego State, uh, Florida Atlantic, um, Kansas, and UConn. I, Hell, I don't even remember. Um, no, I'm not sure it was Kansas, but it's definitely those three for sure. Now, if you look at San Diego State, I mean, their average age of their team was like 22, and they had some uh, COVID players playing their fifth year seniors. And I th- when I look at this team, we have some guys who transferred. Cormac Ryan, uh, you know, he's going to be a fifth year. I think Harrison Ingram's got – he's a veteran player. Armando's a veteran player. So we're one of these teams that, you know, we, we have some age. And I said this last year, I think there's a big difference between a college player, a fifth year, mm-hmm. strong college player versus uh, a five-star freshman. And I get, like, I'm not saying that um, the anomalies like Zion and those guys mm-hmm. – Listen, that's a once-in-a-generation type player, okay? I'm talking about the average five-star, okay, versus a guy who's been in college for five years, uh, working out, has a different body. Those guys make a difference. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's the value of the transfer portal as much as, you know, we're not the biggest fans of it and how it's run. But that is the value of getting some older players, you know, and being Carolina, you can go to a mid-major and get one of these – you know, older players that has an extra year, five, you know, fifth year senior, and who has a developed body, strong, uh, very knowledgeable, and knows what to do and knows how to do it and plays his role. I think that's a huge benefit to a team. And I think Cormac Ryan especially fits that role. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, there's one, like, sort of cardinal rule of college basketball, you know, that that really – showed a lot 10 years ago, right? Valparaiso is the one school that always comes to mind is like the sort of perennial sweetheart, sweet Cinderella story, right? Sweet 16 type thing is those teams in March with three juniors and two seniors. Those are the ones that always surprise everybody, right? Because those guys have been playing together. And your point now, especially with the COVID year, and I think is, you know, a lot of guys in fifth and even sometimes six years, um, you know, the maturation of your body from 18, 17, 18 to 21, 22 years old, right? You see it a lot in the NBA. It's when guys start to, um, some of those younger guys start to put some weight on. They just like go in the gym and, you know, all of a sudden they gain 10 or 15 pounds, right? That stuff matters a lot. And especially, um, you know, in a college game where, you know, I just think the learning curve on the player's refinement in a four-year span is – yeah, and that's – and there's some – we're going to continue to see phenomenal freshmen come in, and I think now more than ever, um, you know, you're going to see them at, at different places and, you know, with the way AAU games you – know, these kids are playing all the time, you know, and, and there's science behind it and all that sort of stuff. It's not just like these kids aren't just, you know, shooting on – peach baskets and shit anymore they're doing all this stuff you know all this uh you know (laughs) plugging them into all these 
computers and shit and trying to, you know, help them improve their game from so many different, you know, tactical levels. So, but you can't replace experience and age and, and especially when that is reflected sort of in your size. So yeah, I think that there's a lot uh, here uh, in terms of, you know, we've got a, uh, we've got some great young talent and we've got, you know, some veteran leadership that's also talented. So, you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, we can put all that stuff together and, you know, just get out there and be consistent. And I think it's the same thing we just said about football is the same thing we're looking for in basketball as fans is like, Hey, like help us stay even keel here. Uh, you know, like give us, you know, give us some consistency throughout the season. And, uh, you know, you go get some wins and some losses. There's a lot of, I just don't think it's so hard for me to see a lot of teams going on those, like, three and four loss seasons anymore. I mean, it'll happen, of course, right? But like your big blue bloods, I mean, dude, there's 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 gonna be schools that have because that's the thing about college is if you have a guy and he's on, you can lose. And I think more teams have a guy now than have ever had before because of NILs and all that sort of stuff. And and hell man, the difference in guys stand from freshman to his sophomore year. Or a difference in a guy getting some experience and transferring in, and, and 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 maybe he was just a player, and maybe he actually stood out, and next thing you know, his whole mentality changed because he's like, you know what, I'm gonna transfer to a bigger program, and I got a shot here, you know, yep. I might get in the G League, and then I might get into the NBA, uh, you know, I just think, I just think seeing seeing three and four lost teams um, is gonna become, I'll say, less common, not not necessarily that you won't see it. But I won't be surprised to see a six or eight win or six or eight loss national champion. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing is, is you know, guys get older, older. There's more parity, and also, you know, you you look at it. Last year, Alabama was one of those teams, mm-hmm. and actually, we took Alabama what four overtimes? Four overtimes, yeah. And you look at the teams right before the season or right before the tournament. Alabama was one of those teams where we're like, man, they might run it, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. They had some young guys. Okay. They had a guy, Brandon Miller. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I'm saying. They ran into some veteran teams. They knew how to play basketball, defense and discipline. Okay. That wins to me, veteranship, defense, discipline wins in the tournament. And, uh, you know, they ran up against that. And uh, so did Duke, by the way. Tennessee Mm -hmm. manhandled them, Mm -hmm. uh, which I loved every second of that Mm -hmm. one. Uh, even though we weren't there, that I really enjoyed watching that game. Uh, but uh, who wouldn't? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I'm with you, sleep. That's like that's, the '72 <laughs> Dolphins, right? Like they talk about the '72 Dolphins every time there's an undefeated team and they lose, they celebrate. It's like us last year. It's like, dude, <laughs> we just want to make sure all the rest of our teams that we hate are just as miserable as we are. And, and then and, once they were, I was like, all right, the season was fine. And that's the one thing about last year before the tournament. Duke started to get hot. Mm-hmm. And then here it comes out of the like, woodworks. Damn. Yeah. Everybody on TV, all the analysts, Duke's a team. Duke's a team. Yep. Uh, and it was just like, it was too much for me. Heck, I had them losing to, uh, I'm not even sure who they played. They played a nobody first. And I, I researched them so much and I had them losing. The uh, pick, yeah. Yeah, like the first game. But. No, that was uh, – I really enjoyed that one. He just got Cooper Flag. I mean, that kid looks like he's going to be really, really good, um, but yeah. he's going to be really, really hated. I can't believe 
guy would make a decision like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, well, guys, just keep it realistic here. Let's just spend here's here's what the pact with Sleep Hawk Worldwide promise. Okay. Just let's stay sane about all this for one month. Like get us to December. Guess you know, we play the sixth next Monday is our first game, basketball. Like, let's just not do this to ourselves. Let's not football ourselves. Right? Let's just take each game as it comes. Let's not look ahead. Let's just, you know, be in the be one with the television. Okay. All right. That's my advice. NFL. Jump into that real quick. Just breeze through it, dude. Brock Purdy looked awful. The Chiefs lost to Denver. Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. Commanders had Philly beat. And then they lost. Um, my question for you, what is at this stage of the season, what team are you most surprised about? Good or bad? Um, I'm not going to say Detroit. Uh, I'm going to say the Browns. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've said this last pod. I, I think they have a great defense. And, um, you know, I, I think Deshaun Watson, I think it's just a matter of time before he starts playing better. And I know he's been hurt a little bit. But uh, I think the Browns are capable of having a little bit of a run. I think it's the Jacks. I thought you were going to say the Browns. And, and nobody wants to say Detroit, even though I think Detroit has got to be like one of the best. Uh, I, I do not like Detroit at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, what are they, 6-2? and two? Uh, Well, you, you want to know why I don't like Detroit? It's because everybody likes Detroit, and their coach yeah. is too emotional. Yeah. I, I get it. He's a big, you know, he's, he's a tough dude. He's a Looks psychopath. like a Yeah, he looks like Hercules. But you don't have to get emotional every single interview. I was watching him on ES. He started crying. And I'm just like, man, this guy, come on, bro. Just, I mean, cool. And just like, and the TV just bought it, and everyone else is just jumping on. I can't stand it. I hope they get smack sleep. They might. Who they got tonight? The Raiders. Boy, this is gonna be a snooze yeah, fest. Gonna happen Not um, tonight, fellas. Purdy's starting to freak me out. I'm starting to wonder. You know, I still don't think I watch him play, and it's not like I don't think he's bad. It's just crunch time. He's made a couple really bad mistakes. It's just not sure who he is. Really hate to see the Chiefs lose at Denver. I mean, God bless. Now, all of a sudden, Denver looks like they're putting their shit together. Although, our boy Javante Williams is turning the corner. I'd love to see him You know, keep going, have a good rest of the season. Kirk Cousins, it really sucks because he's a good quarterback. He doesn't get any credit for, for how good he is. And he was up for a contract this year, so that's going to get a little dicey for him. You know, Like I said, my, my biggest surprise got to be Jacksonville. Jacksonville's 6-2. Yeah. and two. Um, and I don't even think they've played that great in, in, um, you know, played well in a few games, but they got some weapons and Trevor Lawrence is certainly looking like, you know, he's a guy that can win you some football games. So I just think it's interesting, you know, how far Jacksonville has come to, uh, put themselves in the conversation. I mean, they're going to, they're going to make the playoffs unless, unless they go, you know, UNC on us. Um, and I think that's going to be pretty, uh, pretty interesting to see them because they can probably get pretty deep given how uh you know how talented they are on offense there's there's some good teams out there i mean my fantasy team is just a dumpster fire dude i mean i got one team that just flat sucks and then i got another one that's great and every single i got so many good players that i have to decide which ones to play and which ones to bench and every time i decide which ones to bench the dude on the bench blows up and the guy that you know i've got like uh Hell, who do I have? You got a great bench. I got a great bench, man. Deep. Deep's <laughs> deep, you know? I hate fantasy football, dude. I think I'm not going to play anymore. 
too much Dude, luck, man. I'm about skill games. I've got Jacksonville's defense, which defense and fantasy is stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm in one league where they play defense. Got them. They they've been doing work for me sleep. Hey. Uh, but my both my fantasy teams are like good, just not mm-hmm. good enough. Yeah, mine and, definitely uh, aren't good enough. Like you, you know, I've got a great bench. It seems like you know when I want to rest a guy, he wants to have a career day, and uh, it seems to be the theme of the year. So I'm GMing my team to the bottom. <laughs> Uh, top five Halloween candy, Big Hawk. Today's Halloween. If you're listening to this thing, happy birthday, Bobby Frazier. By the way, Born oh wow, Halloween. Big Bob, great Tar Heel. Um, man, getting old though. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. Uh, favorite Halloween, all right, candy. Let's go with the Tootsie Roll, and uh, I'm talking about a different flight, like the orange Tootsie Roll. You ever seen oh, those? Oh yeah, they yeah, come like in the wrapper. Those yeah. things are money. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's a, didn't see that one coming. I did uh, have three, Tootsie Rolls on my list. It is it is Tootsie Roll, by the way. Most people say Tootsie. tootsie? It is Tootsie. Oh, well, yeah. you learn something every day. Um, Watch out for the razor blades in those bad boys. Your parent, but when you were a kid, everybody think you make you think it was like illicit. What kind of weirdo does that BS? Like I'm, I'm, I'm never. I mean, yeah. yeah, of course, but like, I never found anything weird in my candy. Yeah, neither have I. Um, I think my parents used to psych me out with that shit, so I wouldn't eat the whole bag. <laughs> and I'd eat it anyway. Yeah, I never get. I that used to now. get in trouble every single year. My parents, you know, I'm about to be a dad by next Halloween, right? So probably two or three Halloweens before I got to start yanking that little shit in line, but like. <laughs> I used to just rock them to sleep, man. Right when they weren't paying attention, I'd just start mowing down the bag of candy. And they, by the time they caught me, dude, it was too far gone. I knew I was going to barf in the middle of the night. Oh, God. Yeah, my neighbor used to hook it up. They used to have like a huge basket of candy for us. Man, looking back, I had some great neighbors. Uh, man, I got to say three musketeers. Okay. And uh, so that one's close to my heart. My That's grandma used yeah, she used to that's just load a, us up with those things. Love them. That's probably going to be a, a hot, hot take pick there. Some either, people either love Three Musketeers, or they hate it. Yeah, I like them. Uh, white chocolate Reese's cup, love them. Yikes! Okay. Uh, white chocolate Kit Kat. Um, so we're on three. So you're at orange Tootsie Rolls. White chocolate Reese's cups, white chocolate Kit Kats, and Three Musketeers. What's your fourth? Got a fifth. Please say candy corn. My fifth? Fifth, yeah. Caramel apple. An apple covering caramel. Uh, you got neighbors to give you a... Now, that's some shit that might find a razor blade in. My parents <laughs> damn sure not... See, that homemade shit, my parents wouldn't let me eat it. I'd throw that shit right in the trash. All right, so Tootsie Rolls, I'm on there with it. I, I shouldn't even say, I always said Tootsie Rolls, and right before this, I decided I was going to start enunciating it correctly. But I'm going straight on like regular ones because those are the ones where you're like, damn, man, I don't want to eat these. And they like all fall to the bottom of the bag, you know? And so when you get to the end, you've already picked through all the good shit, and you're like, fuck, I eat these Tootsie Rolls. But then you eat them, and you're like, they make your mouth water. You know, there's something in them that like make you salivate like a dog. And then you you eat more and you're like, damn, these things are pretty damn good. So uh and something about like why do they have the lines in them? You know, like why do they have the little like divots in them? I don't know, sleep. I don't either. Maybe break them. I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe there's something about them. Anyway, those are good. Snickers. I just the I, 
I'm going to get to something about the candy bar situation here in a minute. Snickers, Baby Ruth's, Paydays, and this is the one. For me, this is like a quintessential. Like, I'm a big Snickers guy. Like, I'll eat Snickers. Like, it's my favorite candy bar. But some about Halloween, dude, the Butterfinger, dude. I'm always on board with Butterfinger. Butterfinger. And it gets stuck in your teeth, right? So you pry it out. It's like, hmm, Butterfinger again, you know? <laughs> Gift that keeps on giving. But here's the thing, man. They call that shit fun size. And you got them one, you know, some neighbors give that little tiny square one. The shit ain't fun size. Like the king size is the fun size. Did you have any neighbor? We used to have a couple neighbors that would give us like full size candy bars. King size? Like not not the not the big ass one. They would just give us a regular one. Like if we ever got a king size, we'd just go around the house like seven times. We thought we were slick, and we'd go to the go to the full candy bar house, and they'd be like, "Listen, dude, listen, he man, we saw you up last time, Donatello. Uh, them hot ass plastic masks, dude. Like, man, Halloween. The kids these days, you know, I see kids running around. They got all these like, you know, eccentric costumes, dude. We had the cheapest, shittiest." Like, you put that plastic mask on, dude, it was like you army crawled through a rainforest. I mean, you take that thing off, and it could be cold as dick outside. You take that mask off, dude, and you're sweating bullets under that thing. Sleep. You want to hear the most, one of the messed up stories and growing <laughs> up. Like, this is just unbelievable. You cannot even imagine it. I'm All sorry. right, let's hear it. I don't want to cut into your candy store, but we had this black cat growing up. Old PJ. Name was PJ. You told us from last Halloween. Revisit this one. I remember this shit. Go. Oh. And so uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but like my uh, my dad, my, my neighbor flagged my dad down. I was like, man, that's a great Halloween uh, decoration y'all got. <laughs> and my dad was like, what do you mean? That that uh, black cat y'all got hanging in the garage just making all that noise. <laughs> and my dad was like, we didn't put up any decorations. It was PJ that got stuck in the garage uh, with its tail and was hanging, <laughs> screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs, trying to trying to get down from the garage. The poor oh, cat, yeah. man. Uh, it's an outdoor cat, guys. We'd have never his let PJ tail inside. got stuck in the hinges of the oh, garage yeah. door. Oh, good God. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> But oh yeah, man, we just fed that cat and it would just come back. And dude, that's the other thing really... about the 80s, man. People yeah. had outdoor cats, so you just like left your cat outside. Yeah, like I've got I miss being an 80s neighborhood because down my street, man, somebody's got five or six cats and they just chill, dude. They run around and like they, they see and people haul ass down my street. So those cats are just about that street life because I ain't seen one of them get clipped yet. But yeah, dude, Halloween was it when you're a kid, man. Like, you know, if it rained on Halloween. It was like, man, the worst. But as a parent, I can only imagine how much worse it must have been to carry your kids around in the damn rain. Mm -hmm. And now, like our 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 neighborhood now, um, we don't have any Halloween candies. But I must put some on the porch anyway because uh, we drove down the street. So it's like that's the other thing is now Halloween is on a Tuesday. So like they 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 like. This like modern America, they take the kids out on. Dude, I th I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, like you went trick or treating on Halloween. That shit's on a Tuesday. You go trick or treating on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Your ass ain't going to Saturday before. Yep. 
So like I forgot last Saturday I'm driving around, there's kids everywhere all dressed up, and I was like, Well damn, they must be doing Halloween, man. This is this is bullshit, man. Uh-huh. I mean that and- was that was it, man. You dressed up, go to school, and you come home and just like go to town. You know, and you're out there early, lights on st- or daylight still, and just oh man. Halloween, dude. Good I got two questions alive. for you sleep about right. Halloween. When is it too old to go trick-or-treating? Ooh, great question. Answer that, then I have one more. So I think the rule used to be that, like, once you were a teenager, Mm -hmm. so, like, 13 would technically be too old, but I think you start pushing it around 11 or 12. I'd say maybe 12. Yeah, I mean, 13 sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to 13. You cannot go. All right. 12 is your last year. So I had an experience because I was so tall growing up. I remember <laughs> when I went trick-or-treating and this lady, because I, I didn't look because I had this mask on. I, I like, guess you I drive here? She was like, you're a little big to be trick-or-treating, don't you yeah. think? And I was like super young. And yeah. after that, I did not go trick-or-treating anymore. Man, uh, and that's some bullshit. Like if some <laughs> 16-year-old kid came up to my porch, I'd be like, here, dude. I mean – you want it that bad, have it. Like I that is some bullshit how some people want to police a child. I mean, cause look, you're still sixteen, right? And I'm a grown adult. If you want to be trick-or-treating, if that's how you want to spend your time, like as long as you ain't toilet paper in my house and shit, like here, sure, dude. Here's the Snickers bar. Full size, maybe. You know, because you're grown. You need it. Like, you're hey, grown. Get you a little Debbie oatmeal cream pie. Here you go, buddy. Yeah, wow. let me go get you some pretzels out of the pantry here. You can have I got a tomato and avocado in here if you need it, Um, you know, but yeah, I I think there's definitely a rule there, but you know, there's definitely, I was always people are like, aren't you a little big to be trick or treat? Like, no, I'm I'm trick, trick or treat, dude. I said it. Um, There's one other time when Halloween I'm here for your advice. I'm here for some candy. Uh, No, hey man, I don't care how big I am. I'm I'm like 11. Uh, um, Sleep. Halloween is great in college, and it's oh, great yeah. when you're a God kid. Bless. Do not underrate Halloween in college. And oh. I would just want to say to all the college kids out there, I know you guys, every one of you guys are paying attention. Every kid in UNC, enjoy it because days are numbered after uh, college. Agree. Halloween just you know kind of goes downhill the older you get. But Halloween in, in college is absolutely amazing. Franklin Street, I think actually UNC might be the best school for Halloween, and nobody parties as hard as UNC on Halloween. I will double down on that one. You think you go to Franklin Street, check it out. You will not, like, you've got to get early to get into a bar. Players used to just be off the charts on Halloween. La Residence is an amazing on Halloween. Uh, and God bless you if you made it to Bob's. That was just uh, not a good situation for there. But anyways, yeah, I, I loved Halloween in college sleep. Uh, Halloween in college is great, but so is every other night in college. That's kind of what I think about <laughs> Halloween in college. Like when you're a kid, this shit comes around about once a year. And when you're in college, it comes around once a week at minimum. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm with you. I, I, that was, I forgot about that. And then, uh, yeah, the costumes and all that sort of stuff, even in college. And I'm, I've always been the one. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, it's Halloween morning. What the hell am I going to be? And I wind up with some, you know, really bad costume. And and now, like, the situation now is I'll be asleep, and there'll be people ringing the doorbell. And I'll be like, guys, 
lights off. Yeah, but I can't leave the light off in my neighborhood either. Because if you leave the light off, right, that means you don't have any candy. Fine. You're just asking for it in my neighborhood. You leave that light off and you you can get eggs on your house. Um, something like that, dude. Just some, keep your head on a swivel. We got to make sure. I'm going to make sure the damn doorbell has a clear line of sight. Might even plant a deer cam out there on my tree. Just keep an eye on things out there because now I'm, I'll be 40 this year. So now I'm just put signs out there like, you want candy? Come up the driveway. Stay off the grass. All right, kid? <laughs> Especially if you're too big to be trick-or-treating. All right, Big Hawk. Well, that's about all I can muster out of this one. We got the NBA um, in-season tournament coming on. We're going to drop a video for you to check that out and how that all works. That will be um, starting on the 3rd of November. So by the time we record again, It'll already be underway. There's some cool stuff going on. Painting every court in the NBA. I don't know if you saw that. I just saw that. Every single court in the NBA is going to be painted, like custom painted for this tournament. They're you know all in on this uh, NBA Cup. The uh, we're going to drop a video here to uh, explain to you how it all works. So check that out. Um, NBA is just getting in full swing. They they had a sports equinox last week. I think they call it which is where every single sport is active, is playing, physically playing a game on the same night with the World Series going on. Oh, wow. So, World Series is time. Watch. Yeah. Zero of that shit. Pumped about that. Yeah. Supposed to be good. All right. Tell me when it's over. All right, Big Hog, you got anything else? Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.